Hello and welcome to the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host, Joel Phelan. And this week we have a very special guest, fresh off of his winning the fourth annual Redbox Award for Best Podcast of the Year. <laughs> it's Rob Sisternino from Rob Has the Podcast and Post Show Recaps. How's it going, Rob? Oh, what an honor. What, a, what an honor. Wow, four in a row. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just, you got a good thing going. Can't, can't deny it. Yeah, I don't think that dynasty could be broken. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Now I find, I know what it feels like to be a Patriots fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to uh, talk about some Arrival today. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be talking about Arrival. The sci-fi movie and going down our top five science fiction movies. But uh, super glad you could join us because uh, I was listening to your post-show recap version of the uh, Arrival review that Josh and Antonio did. And I think you mentioned at some point you wanted to check it out. So I figured I'd I reach did. out to you. I wanted to see it and I purposely did not listen to when Josh and Antonio reviewed it for the spoilers. And then I didn't even listen to the podcast because I don't want to be incepted with what <laughs> they thought about the movie. I'm going to guess they liked it, but then I'd like to, after we record this, yeah. I will listen to what Josh and Antonio have to say. Yeah, I, well, I listened to that podcast when it first came out, and they did a really good job. I think they both liked it a lot. Okay, good. <laughs> but yeah, so Arrival, or I guess before we get into it, uh, what do you got going on? I'm sure anyone that's listening to this knows all about what you do, but just in case, uh, what, uh, where could you be found and what do you got going on right now? Sure. I uh, podcast about uh, reality TV on robhasawebsite.com. We're getting ready for a big Survivor season coming up in March. Uh, but we've got a lot of other stuff coming up with uh, Big Brother Canada and all the shows that we cover on reality TV wrap-ups. That's all on robhasawebsite.com. And then I cover scripted TV on postshowrecaps.com. We're very much in the midst of a walking dead half season right now so that's the uh, main thing i'm covering over there yeah and i just got me and my wife just caught up on the walking dead over the past month or so and uh yeah so now i can finally listen to the podcast as they come out oh uh, you're in for a treat right now <laughs> yeah i feel like <laughs> it was best around season three and four and now it's kind of fading a little bit but it's still <laughs> worth watching yeah I haven't there's seen a lot going on season. there yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so Survivor this season, season 34, obviously. Um, game changers, or as I like to call it, heroes versus zeros. Very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of iconic players, and then some players where I'm like, uh, what are they doing back? Yeah, but it's yeah. top-heavy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But Tony and Malcolm and Suri and all them, great to have back. Uh, but, yeah, let's get into Arrival, which is starring Amy Adams... Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker, directed by Denis Villeneuve, who's coming off of Sicario from 2015, which was a pretty good movie. We reviewed it a year or two ago. And uh, yeah, so he comes back with his first big sci-fi movie here, which is about like 12 ships landing on Earth in random countries around the, uh, the globe. And they just sit there. And then, um, yeah, so each country has to figure out a way to communicate with these alien spaceships. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we pick up the story from Amy Adams' perspective. And she is a linguist for a university. I can't remember which one. Yeah, I can't. And uh, she 
Forrest Whitaker recruits her and recruits Jeremy Renner as well. He's like a scientist. They're trying to tackle it from both ends. And yeah, that's where the story picks up from. And Yeah, it's it's sort of more about like how the world reacts to them just showing up and not really communicating or or it like as far as you know in the beginning doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's where the story picks up and uh this was this movie getting a lot of uh, buzz. A lot of Oscar buzz got eight nominations, I believe. Uh 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh a lot of people ranked it pretty high on the list, so Yeah. What did you think coming in, Rob? Did you have high expectations? I had high expectations, but I'll tell you what the buzz is going on for me. I think that after this movie, I am ready for the alien invasion. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's it's got me really pumped up because I've said for a long time that I think the only chance that we have as a species is for the aliens to come. Because whatever problems we have in this world... I think they'll all just like uh, we will stand arm in arm, (laughs) 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 brother in brother. We will all unite against the aliens. And I think that maybe at this point, I think the aliens are the one thing that could really be the only hope. And this was really a best case scenario for We're talking spoilers now. (laughs) Yeah, I guess guess we should say just uh, we will be talking full spoilers in this episode. I guess go around the horn super quick. In case people don't want to hear spoilers, if you liked it or not, I say yes. It's a great movie. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> thumbs up. Thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, So <laughs> I give it uh, seven thumbs up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, this was really best case scenario, right? Aliens come. They don't blow everybody up. And, you you know, humanity walks away. Like, at least, it, like, in Independence Day, like, the aliens had to blow up a bunch of stuff before humanity was able to uh, come away arm in arm uh, with like kumbaya this was really best like not a shot was fired other than those guys that put that bomb in the cargo bag <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. yeah really uh if this is what alien life brings then let's have it yeah i'm ready yeah. for sure yeah world <laughs> bring it on <laughs> what do we do yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> what do you think joel <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know it's like like, in terms of what? Like, expectation-wise, coming in. Oh, well, I remember seeing the trailer for it, and I was like, well, that looks pretty cool. Like, kind of a vibey alien movie or something like that. And then it, it started getting... I remember they were advertising it as having 100% or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, for a while there. Something for a while. <clears throat> it, it got such good reviews and stuff that I almost went into the movie thinking, like, there's no way this movie's as good as everyone is saying. Yeah. But for the most part, I had a positive light on it going in. Like, I was looking forward to it. And Yeah, I was a big fan of Sicario last year and Enemy before that. Prisoners, like, this is a director uh, I've become quite fond of quickly here in the past few years. And I'm interested in any sci-fi movie that comes around. Yeah. So uh, I was definitely given a shot, and I was not disappointed. I think I just released my top ten of the year on an article for BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com, and this was number five for me. Wow. Fifth best movie of the year. I could yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Rob, where would you rank 10. it in your top ten for the year? 
Oh, you know what? <laughs> I, I see so few movies yeah. that I think uh, that uh, nobody should even want to know my, my rankings. <laughs> this was the the first movie I've seen recently that uh, was not with my kids. So <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. this was uh, number one of the year for me. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Dang, Arrival. Yes. Awesome. Prestigious. <laughs> Number one. Very prestigious award. Yeah. I, I was comparing it to like Interstellar, which came out a couple of years ago. Did you see that movie, Rob? No, I didn't. Uh, but the movie that I felt like that I, I thought it was most like was Contact. Do you remember that one? Yeah, for sure. With uh, Matthew McConaughey, Jodie Foster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could see it. I felt it. like that there were ties in between... You know, we've got aliens, we've got, you know, a scientist, it's sort of like uh, dead family members. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that uh, there was a through line there. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. I, um, I see what you mean by Interstellar, though, because after watching it, I sort of thought it was like Interstellar on a much smaller scale. Yeah. Like, it had a lot of, they kind of rhymed with each other. Yeah, and that was, we really liked that movie for how ambitious it was, and this movie's pretty ambitious, maybe not as quite, but it's got, it's like cold feeling, it's kind of humorless, but still very good. It's sort of like quiet, almost. like I can't remember a score. It's there, but yeah, it's definitely on but quiet But like side. the tone, yeah. But yeah, Contact, that's another one where, not a ton of action, it's just, you know, people communicating with aliens, and uh, what did you think of the way that they finally figure out, like... The uh, they meet the aliens. They're like these squid-like creatures behind a glass wall, in almost like a fish tank. Uh, yeah. What do you think of the design of those uh, aliens? First, I guess, Rob. Uh, I thought that they were cool. I didn't really understand what was going on with it. Are, are they just shooting ink into the air and then it just sort of dissipates? Like I really wasn't exactly following yeah. what the mechanism yeah, I didn't was. That Is it smoke? What 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 are they making? Yeah, I thought it was like an inkblot test sign, slash sign language. Uh, yeah, not exactly sure, but they, they take pictures of it. And, and then they, towards the end when the, all the, the little ones come up, it almost looks like they explode into yeah. like, the ink. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was kind of weird, but I still thought it was at least it was original. Certainly not anything I'd seen before when it comes to that. I don't Maybe. totally understand how they figured out, out like a basis for it. Like the first word. Like, how do they figure out what the first... <laughs> yeah. They kind of breeze through that. But... All you got to do is throw a montage in there with uh, <laughs> some fast-paced music, some scientists looking like they're working real hard, and you kind of get it, get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was really confused at the point where uh, Amy Adams goes up to the ship, like, near the end of the movie, when she, like, is figuring out what they're saying and then there starts to be subtitles on the screen. I was like, did I sit on my remote control? Like, why are there, why is there closed captioning on, yeah. on this movie? Because a lot of times, you know, I mentioned my kids, but that will just be happening and we'll be watching something like, why is there closed captioning on this yeah. show? The SAP I really button. didn't follow. Yeah. I guess that's kind of like trying to show that she's actually learning the language. Like, <laughs> through no, I, I get it, but it was you know, confusing <laughs> as to what was happening you know, when it first started coming up. I was like, oh, is this, supposed, is this part of the movie or is this just uh, like a, I hit a setting on my remote control? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious because the same thing happened to me. I didn't really – I didn't think about it until now, but a lot of times I'll put the sub or the closed captioning up because my – my room can be like really noisy with my brother in the other room and all. Yeah. And I, I thought the same thing. I was like, how did I turn the 
My control doesn't alone her. <laughs> yeah. It didn't look like the way that they normally would have, like, um, you know, a Chiron or, like, um, subtitles in a movie. It, it looked oh, yeah. very much like when I put the closed captioning on a movie that's on my Apple TV. Yeah, and was it just mine, or was, like, the choice of having the black lettering with with the surrounding, it was, like, blending in with the actual picture of the movie? I couldn't read every word, almost. Um, I could see it. No, yeah, yeah, pretty much. much. Well, it was so dark at that point, like yeah. inside the ship. I guess. I just yeah, remember I thinking, that. this is an interesting choice, but it could have just been whatever setting. <laughs> Here's what I want to know: what what problem do the heptapods have in three thousand years that we're going to be able to figure out with them? I mean, it seems like that they are, you know, uh, pretty well set up. The heptapods that they they they're way ahead of where we're going. I mean, we have all of our own problems. What are we figuring out for them in 3,000 years? I mean, that they have to go back. Are they going back in time to tell us? <laughs> or they can see the future and they can see some sort of a problem that they're going to run into that, uh, that uh, us idiots are going to be able right. to help them figure out. We can't even shoot ink out of anything. <laughs> yeah, we they... need an iPad to talk their language. Yeah, they seem pretty advanced and... Uh... Yeah, well, how long do they live if they can see that far in the future anyway? I don't know. What we're going to do there? I Like I said, I did watch uh, the guy who wrote the screenplay was talking about the time aspect. It's, yeah. I guess it's time travel, but he, he, was way, just, yeah. he was just trying to explain that how time isn't really linear on a point. It's all a soup that happens at the same time or something. So he's trying to explain how Amy Adams was... Experience, experiencing all those things in present time, but it was a different time. So maybe he tried to say something about how the aliens that was supposed to tie in more with the aliens, but it just didn't. Maybe that's really maybe they out. are us and we evolve into that. Oh, maybe. yeah, we become the heptapod. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they tried to alter themselves and we're kind of like the incubated. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, they're really far down the rabbit hole. This we, conversation. <laughs> we need a sequel to figure out all these particulars. <laughs> but there is a twist in the movie, like you were mentioning, where she could see her... Or when she learned this language, you can see your entire uh, timeline, basically, at any, at any point. How do you know where you are then? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, this movie starts with uh, like a, a fast-moving sequence through the early part of her life where it looks like she had a daughter who passed away at a young age, and then you go and find out that that happens in the future, and she's having these flashes to her life. And I guess the question is, does she still go on and have this kid, even though she knows How the kid ends. is going to... Yeah. yeah, I thought that was an interesting twist. Did, did you see that one coming, Rob? I did not. I definitely thought that it was in the past, and I did think that we were going to some point, like a la contact, that the aliens were going to put her in communication with her daughter that passed away. And so that was a big reveal for me when it turned out that she was actually seeing things from the future. And, and I did feel like, you know, jokes aside, I felt like that that was a uh, big takeaway from the movie, a very powerful moment that, you know, she knew what was going to happen 
with her daughter, but you know that did not stop her from anything. And I, I get the sense that you can't change anything that you see in the future, but she was able to just like embrace it yeah. and appreciate all of the time and the experience that she was going to get to have with her daughter. So I did feel like that that was a, a pretty cool reveal in the movie. Yeah, and that's sort of like the part about Interstellar in this movie I thought that rhymed because it, it's sort of the big takeaway is like love is transcendent. Like, yeah. Like the fact that she was going to experience love at all with having a daughter was enough to go through those bad times. Yeah, especially with this language where you can, you know, just think back to the good times or, and remember. So, yeah, I, I love the twist as well in that light. And uh, with kids myself, like, it's a, I guess it's you don't really have a choice. It doesn't seem like, like you said that you could change it, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's very, it very touching. I uh, guess special effects wise, this movie looked really good. Yeah, it had like a real clean look to everything. But it was subtle. It was not like over the top, a lot of you know uh, CGI or anything. Yeah, it was. I like special effects when they're like used like they were, like they shot a big real landscape. And then a small portion of that picture is the ship. What did you think of the the oval-shaped ships? I thought that the egg ship was really stupid. I hated (laughs) the egg ship. That it reminded me of that my son is just watching videos on YouTube all day long where they open up eggs and there's (laughs) uh, surprises inside. Surprise egg videos, yes. My daughter loves those. uh, Oh, what's in here? Oh, it's a heptapod. Oh, look at him. Oh, he's shooting ink everywhere. That's gross. Oh. Yeah. I, I didn't understand really, you know, why the uh, ships were uh, that shape or really exactly what was going on, like how they propelled themselves. But I guess, you know, I'm just but a simple human. I, I'm no heptapod to be able to figure any of this out. I mean, the design, even like on the inside – Nothing seems to have any function. Yeah. yeah. You know, it just seems to be, so, like, aesthetically pleasing. A super long hallway that leads to a aquarium. Uh, Maybe they're just a really pretentious race. <laughs> yeah. Minimalist. Yeah. Like the Apple store in there. And uh, didn't Twitter teach us anything that eggs are bad? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that what the egg people are on Twitter? They're <laughs> yeah. the first heptapod? Yeah, that's the test. That's a, <laughs> Can you deal with us? <laughs> but uh, I want. How did they figure out even how to get into the heptapods or into the spacecrafts? Well, they said they open twice a day at the same time. Yeah, I guess there. they. But the whole jumping off and it just like changing gravity's point of relevance or whatever. How that's, they figured that out is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. I wonder if there was they any... just started throwing stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. Throwing the flashlight around. <laughs> Where does it land? Yep, that that was pretty cool. I wonder how many casualties they uh, they faced before they figured it out. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, eventually at one point, like you said, the the bombing, the, the, that was kind of interesting. How eventually these different countries and different factions in each country can have different ideas about how to deal with this uh, this arrival, this this alien race that's sitting there. Obviously. Uh, China seems the most aggressive. They want to, I guess, attack them. Yeah. And uh, America yeah, seemed and more more peaceful, but there were certainly different cogs inside that had their own ideas. 
Right. It definitely seemed like there was a guy with a podcast that had a lot of pull in telling people what to do. Where a guy with a podcast that really had some terrible ideas where it's like, you know what? We got to look. We can't just sit back with these aliens. We got to show them who's boss. You know, take, you know, we, we can't just sit back. Like, look, if the aliens want to take us out, yeah. they're going to take us out. Like, there's no need. <laughs> we wouldn't to, be talking about it. Be aggressive with them. Yeah. Very, like, Rush Limbaugh-esque high-energy well, guy. There's a scene in it when they're showing the people drive up to the site that they're listening to, like, that there's radio shows, and they're saying the same thing. They're, they're a threat. We need to kill them. And, yeah. 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 Take it easy. Uh, so what did you think about Forrest Whitaker? Oh, yes. I was going to bring this up. Did it not seem like... He must have filmed Star, uh, Rogue One around the same time as this, because it seemed like his accent was kind of bleeding over. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Right? I, I wish that he would have just shown up as Saw Guerrero <laughs> yeah. here in this film. I think that that would have been a, a much more memorable performance <laughs> yeah. for Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, it would have made a lot more sense, actually. <laughs> I, I did like him as a character, though. Yeah, he, he was, wasn't he was the okay. generic, like you got 24 hours before we start blowing stuff up <laughs> yeah. type guy. <laughs> yeah, Forrest Whitaker's always interesting. He's always got a particular, like, limp, or he, he he's a physical actor who tries to throw something in there. Yeah. And Jeremy Renner, he's pretty generic, too. Forget it. He was, was he even in the movie? I like, uh, I could have come in and just been and... Jeremy Renner's character in this movie. He had nothing to do. Yeah, I couldn't think of one standout scene or moment for his character other than like getting mad when he finds out that Amy Adams knew the whole time yeah yeah and I was sitting there thinking like who's the most generic actor in Hollywood that actually like has name value and gets roles I feel like Jeremy mm -hmm. Renner is always this very bland middle-of-the-road guy who <laughs> never stands out in any particular way oh that's right. like George Clooney or someone for me <laughs> Amy Adams' is. agent True. should be fired. That she got <laughs> equal billing on this movie with Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker. That this was uh, a travesty. <laughs> yeah, she, I, I mean, the, she's in every single scene in the movie, and Jeremy Renner is so forgotten. Is such a, a you know, um, you know, a wallflower in the whole movie, and anybody could have just come in and played that role. There was nothing yeah, to what Jeremy Renner yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even know like what his, what his purpose was in order of figuring out the language either. No, he said <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I think at one point he like had some suggestion. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it, you, when she wakes up, he goes, "I figured something out." That is the only time he contributes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's pretty much and there then, to smile and just be the love interest, mm -hmm. which I guess and is a kind of female role. So maybe it is progress. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I had a question about his character, though, but after we get the reveal that, okay, everything that happened with Hannah is in the future, and then she asks, like, you know, well, what happened with Dad, and, and you know, he thought I made the wrong choice. Does he just, like, peace out and they never see him again? Because he's not in any of the scenes that we end up seeing with her, like, where uh, Louise is at Hannah's deathbed or anything like that. Does he just, like, run off and just, like, uh, leave them forever? I think there is a small line where she asks, like, something about when Dad left. Or 
Oh yeah. Yeah, he's like a bad, really, he's really like a bad guy. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, oh, I didn't know our kid was going to die. All right, screw you. I'm out of here. Yeah, you'd think, uh, let's try to get as much time in as possible. Or maybe learn this language so you can be like Amy Adams and relive it. Yeah, like I would like to go back and rewatch the movie and listen to all the little conversations with their daughter. Which, first off, I thought was maybe her as a kid and she just wasn't really realizing it before the reveal. Because mm-hmm. you kind of felt like there's definitely some something going on. But they point out, like, an earlier conversation where she actually asks her daughter, like, what's today? And she says, like, oh, it's Wednesday. And she doesn't, oh, okay. like, push it any farther. But she's, like, already catching on that there's something weird. Yeah. This isn't yeah. A, really, like, a dream. <laughs> but speaking of Amy Adams, I feel like she was snubbed for Best Actress. She did not get a nomination. And uh, I know it was a strong year for roles for women in the movie industry, but I, th- I felt like she deserved to be nominated. I thought she's she was great. fantastic. Yeah. Maybe she's not the next Meryl Streep, after all. But uh, cause No, she is. Take it back. Take <laughs> it back. <laughs> but if Meryl Streep was uh, Jerry playing Jeremy Renner's character, she would have been nominated. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. That would have been a, a very interesting uh, take for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would have been interesting. <laughs> but, yeah. Um... You got anything, Joel? What do you got? Um, I don't know. I mean, this was a a fun movie to watch. It was very touching, and I liked how much they crammed into like the time. Not that it felt crammed in, but it, it, it didn't feel like it ran too long. It didn't run too short. I feel like, what was it, like a little over two hours? It didn't feel long to me. I, I was in it the whole no, time. No, I felt shorter than that to yeah. me, but that's a good sign. But, then, I mean, there's not a lot of action, so for anyone that's, you know, looking for that, this is the wrong movie. Oh, for sure. Not Independence Day. No, no. that is not. But yeah. I thought the movie looked good, had good cinematography, great score, subtle, low. Sound design was pretty good. It's an extremely well-rounded movie. Technically speaking. It was like the egg. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you guys a question? Please. I was watching a YouTube review of the movie after I watched it, just to make sure I understood it, because I can be kind of dense when it comes to these things. And so they were the guy I was watching on YouTube was talking about, so when Amy Adams learns the language and becomes proficient, she gains the ability, like the heptapods, to see time as a flat circle and that she can see the future. And then she ends up writing this book of teaching everybody the language so is everybody in the world also going to develop the ability to see the future and isn't that going to create a lot of problems yeah that's a good point um or does everybody in the world getting to see the future end up solving all of our problems because a guy is going to go like rob a liquor store but then he's (laughs) like oh but then i'm going to go to jail and that's going to suck and he's having like flash forwards to himself in jail and then saying, oh, maybe I shouldn't go do that. But then can you change the future? Uh, it really creates a lot of problems. Yeah. And didn't Minority Report teach us that there's problems with that technology as well? True. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess a big question is, can you change what you see? I don't know. I didn't think you could, but I guess it's possible. I mean, she wasn't able to change anything in the Hannah storyline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a confusing thing. And I guess maybe that was the whole reason they came was so she could write this book, teach everybody this language, so then by the time 3,000 years goes by, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's a... I'm sure there's someone that could answer this, and it's probably so complicated that... I don't think there is. I don't think anybody <laughs> can answer Like, it. I don't know. I just mean, I heard the one guy explain what time <laughs> is and how it can be the same but not be the same at the same time. I don't know. Just, I always yeah. get so lost when they do try to do anything with time in movies. It's, <laughs> yeah, time travel is very tricky. You start really thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's a very good question. A lot of the details need some work. They can do that in mm-hmm. a sequel, but just the general ideas that they presented were pretty Yeah. And then 3,000 years from now, are they going to really, like, hold us over a barrel for, like, hey, you like, uh, remember, remember how like, <laughs> we did you guys a solid and we taught you guys this language 3,000 years ago? Like, uh, I mean, what if they, like, do we know what they want us to do 3,000 years ago? Like, what if they're, like, in a fight with, like, the Borg? I mean, why? I mean, do we even know what we're getting roped into? <laughs> yeah, this is all a long con. Like, hey, this <laughs> yeah. has nothing to do with us. We don't want any part of the Borg. That's your problem. <laughs> like, we were fine minding our own business here before you guys showed up. Like, maybe we were going to blow ourselves up. But, but I mean, uh, we don't know that. Maybe we rebel. Yeah. Like, thousands of years in the future. And then it ended oh, up we're just basically out of being deal? Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're the Empire. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) We don't know the heptapods from anything. Yeah. I mean, uh, Abbott and Costello are pretty nice. Maybe they're like the uh, rebel force there. They clearly should have watched more movies. Mm Mm-hmm. They really should have seen that bomb coming, too. Yeah. (laughs) I I think they did. Yeah, yeah. She knows this complicated language with the aliens. The only thing he thinks to do is knock on the glass a couple times with the bombs, like, ticking behind her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They probably knew that would gain sympathy. I'm sure they that was the plan all along. <laughs> Just not, not. Yeah, they could see the future. They know. Yeah. But I guess last thing that I have is, was the resolution believable? That she sees the future or sees the future where she calls the Chinese general and tells him his wife's last words, and that gets him to, you know, work together with everybody and pull back. I mean, I thought it was cool. Because it's like how she finds out is after the fact, in a way. She's, he says, because you told me my wife's dying words, like, I, I don't know, inspired yeah, me. Then she I thought that was research. cool. I don't know if that's... They do talk about throughout the movie that anything China do, does, they call it domino. Like, five other countries will do. So I guess that's the big turning point. Mm-hmm. It's getting China on board. Yeah. Did you like it, Rob? Uh, you know what? I really did like the movie, but I did feel like the ending was like a, a bit of a cheat. I felt like it was a little like Bill and Ted of like, oh, OK, we'll just time travel to the future when we've already saved the day. And then we'll just bring back the answers from then. And that'll be how we'll end up like I'll just go to the future when <laughs> yeah. the, the, uh, the Chinese general is telling me what I said to him in the past. And so that's how I'll know what to say to him. I did. It felt like there was a little bit. I was just like, okay, I'm just not going to think too hard about this yeah. because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's a bit of a bow on top. Yeah. It just yeah. Seemed like we need to figure out yeah. a way to end this thing. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Would you? Did you care that you didn't hear what the actual words were, or it was fine just imagining what it could have been? Yeah, I. I would imagine her dying words were like. Ow. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. yeah. Really. I, 
And I doubt she had like anything like a Nathan Hale type, uh, you know, uh, final words. Yeah, it seemed like any novice hacker could have figured out. <laughs> or even Nate answer. Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. What's the one rosebud or something? Yeah, rosebud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, if you, you got anything else, Rob? Um, I, I think I'm pretty spent. On. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think it was a very fun movie. Uh, will there be a sequel? Hmm. I'd watch it. I, I doubt it, though. Arrivals. <laughs> yeah. Just like Alien to Aliens? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they come back. Yeah. They they all look different. <laughs> yeah. Well, you heard the, the sequel name here first. <laughs> yeah. The octopods come. They know <laughs> yeah. they believe the heptapods. Yeah. They're our arch enemy. <laughs> they sold you a bill of goods. <laughs> Choose and a then, side. And the octopods, they communicate, they make like squares, and then they have to go and figure out what they're saying. Yeah, it's like uh, the next Twilight. Are you team Hectopod or team Octopod? Yeah, uh, yeah. which side are we going to be on? <laughs> yeah. Either that or it's even uh, numbered limbs versus uneven limbs. That's the big divide <laughs> in the galaxy problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Every episode we review the movies out of ten. Joel, what are you giving this one? Giving this one a seven and a half. Oh, really? Okay. Seems slow, huh? Heptapod. <laughs> Solid seven and a half. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll go light nine. I, I really love the movie. Wow. I have some nitpicks for sure, but overall I thought it was really well done. All right, Rob. And I'll split the difference. I'll give it an octopod. Uh, I feel like uh, eight is uh, pretty good. Right, uh, yeah. I highly recommend it. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, Denny Villeneuve, who directed this, he's got a movie coming out this year, Blade Runner 2049. Are you a fan of the original Blade Runner? You, you know what? I have to say that is a, a bit of a blind spot in uh, my own uh, movie viewing history. So I would like to check that out. Don't feel bad. I didn't see it until uh, like two months ago. <laughs> Yeah, I caught up with it a couple of years ago, and maybe you had to be there at the time, because I, I don't know, I didn't think it was all that great, but I'm interested in see what he does with the sequel. I think it's confusing, because there's so many versions or cuts of the movie, and different people say different things about what's the true, yeah. but I saw the original theatrical, theatrical release, which I heard is the weakest, but I still liked it. He's also making a Dune remake at some point, which... I've I'm heard there, me either, but I heard there's tr- trouble in the past there. Hmm. But let's move on to our top five science fiction movies of all time. This is obviously a very big list to take on. I, we actually did this list in the first year we did the podcast, one of the early episodes, when uh, with my first co-host, and uh, my my list changed a little bit. And obviously Joel hasn't given his, so yeah. we figured we'd bring it back since Rob is a fan of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joel, want to kick it off with your number five? All right. Well, speaking of which, Blade Runner. Really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Sorry for her. Uh, no, I mean I already knew how you it. felt about it. So, The Sting it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> the Sting is a different movie. But um, for me, Blade Runner is a lot more about the style, the look, the texture, the lighting. It's sort of everything. I mean, the story's pretty cool, too. I don't want to... It's kind of one of those things where it's either spoiled for you or it's not. Um, yeah. 
And Harrison so, Ford, he can really pick his sci-fi franchises, can he? It's just, it's essentially about how there's like androids and real people and the androids aren't supposed to be totally sentient or in control or a little bit foggy on exactly the... Yeah. But Harrison Ford is supposed to round these guys up one way or yeah. the other, kill them or... Yeah. And, and Harrison Ford is a bit foggy these days also, so I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> What's your number five, Rob? <laughs> okay, I decided to go with The Matrix. I feel like that it's a very important movie, and I feel like that when it came out, I think it was like 1999 yeah. when uh, it came out, that I mean, that people talked about this movie like it was uh, a uh, a true game changer. Unlike some of the people that are going to be on Survivor <laughs> this season, exactly. And uh, it's a little bit ruined by the follow ups. Uh, the sequels are really, really terrible. But the original one, uh, I think, was in such a uh, such a uh, a fresh new idea and there were so many effects that were coming came out of that movie that really did change the way that you were going to see movies for the next 20 years oh sure i remember uh when dvds first came out like this was the dvd that Must like have, came yeah. with mm-hmm. the dvd player basically like yeah, yeah. honorable mention for me it probably be in my top 10 it's certainly a classic it's on my honorable mention list I think mostly because The Matrix has made a, a couple of our lists yeah. in the last few months for whatever reason. Yeah, what did we do last episode? Uh, best Rebellion movies made your list there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. another time too. Great choice. My number five is a movie that came out just a few years ago. Uh, Spike Jones directed Her with Scarlett Johansson as the artificial intelligence that Joaquin Phoenix falls in love with, I guess. And um, I just loved all the the futuristic take on it how it was almost retro in a sense had a lot of cool ideas to it siri it's not quite up to the, <laughs> to the level but uh hey, cortana isn't either you should hear the stuff i yell at my xbox <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't i can't <laughs> yeah on that note that's a good note and on have you seen that movie rob uh, you know, I haven't seen her, uh, but you know, I do uh, have a uh, a on again, off again relationship with my Siri, Alexa, <laughs> yeah. and Googlebot. Yeah, so many to choose from nowadays. I'm such a player. <laughs> I can't be confined to one virtual assistant. I hear you. I hear you. You can't tie yourself down like that. No, no. I like to keep them fighting with each other. My concubine, uh, <laughs> yeah. digital assistants. What? Who's the chick from Utopia uh, that had all uh, po- uh, polyamorous? Polyamorous Dedeker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're a real polyamorous Dedeker. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Where are the bees? All right. Uh, number four, Joel. My number four is wow. Hmm. Well, Wars. it's Interstellar, actually. Oh, okay. Oh. I thought it would be higher on my list, but apparently not. I surprised myself. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it a little bit. This is a, I mean, we talk about Interstellar all the time, to be <laughs> Pretty honest. Much, yeah. But it's an epic, it's kind of a polarizing movie. It seems like people either get it or they just don't. Yeah. But for me, even if you don't get it, it's enough of a, to look at. Feast for thine eyes. Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, that would be cool to me to travel through the galaxy and stuff like that. 
that's kind of enough for me, and I think the story's awesome yeah. as well. Super but. ambitious, like we said, and a good little father-daughter tale at the core of it. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey. A little time travel and physics thrown in. Yeah. And, yeah. Yep, absolutely. What's your number four, Rob? So I ended up going, that a lot of people uh, may or may not know this, that I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I ended up, even though I'm a bigger Next Generation fan than the original series, I ended up going with uh, probably the best of the Star Trek movies, and I went with uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, uh, the J.J. Abrams version of the Star Trek franchise, like, kind of remade this. Uh, with uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, but uh, the original, uh, very, very important uh, Star Trek movie coming off of the uh, Star Trek, the motion picture. And I think that really, you know, provided the inertia for them to go on to do uh, six original series movies and then ultimately uh, the sequel franchises that came along, like Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. So uh, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. I thought for sure you would have went with the one with the whales, but that's some Sergeant for the voyage home. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. No, yeah, Rathcon. That's a good one. That one's a little bit more of a comedy. Like uh, Star Trek Two is like the really important one, and then Star Trek Three with uh, you, the search for Spock. You know, it, you know, it's kind of like a downer between a uh, spoiler alert. You know, Spock dying between two and three, and then number four was sort of like the lighthearted comedy version. Yeah, huh. I've actually. Where they go to 1986. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. I've actually never seen the original Rathacon. But yeah, Star Trek in the Darkness is pretty good. I'm sure the original is better, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've always heard good things about that. Yeah. My number four is the Steven Spielberg classic from 1993, Jurassic Park. Um, I mean... Higher on my list, but... <laughs> it's a pretty crazy idea, science fiction idea. I mean, I guess when you think sci-fi... You think space first and foremost, but we don't have dinosaurs to roam in the land, so I guess you can uh, count this as science fiction. And uh, it's a classic. You know, everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. Uh, dinosaurs, Dr. Grant, yeah. Velociraptors. Plus, the special effects for the time were just mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, I remember Practical being younger effect. and just not being able to comprehend that they weren't real dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, looking right. back now, you can pretty much tell. But yeah, at the time. <laughs> I think they hold up pretty well, that yeah. the uh, 1993 Jurassic Park uh, effects. Yeah, they do. They do. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, from around that era, the other day that we were, like, looking through Netflix, and I thought it would be funny to show Honey, I Shrunk the Kids to uh, <laughs> my son, and boy, you know, that's 1989. I know it's not Spielberg or anything, but, I mean, it's, like, uh, really, like, um, like, Oof on uh, <laughs> yeah. I actually, Honey I Shrink the Kids or as my son calls it Honey I Shrink the Kids <laughs> Yeah I tried to show my daughter that a couple of years ago too <laughs> First of all she was not interested whatsoever and second of all yeah it, does, it doesn't hold up <laughs> <laughs> So it could be a lot worse Yeah <laughs> for sure What's your number three Joel? Alright my number three Actually my number three is going to be Jurassic Park all right. Switch it up. Right. That's easy enough. Yeah. How about you, Rob? Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, another classic from uh, my childhood that I will go with uh, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Uh, again, another Steven Spielberg movie. Not sure, it's 82 or 83, 
but uh, E.T. was just such a big deal and, uh, you know, everybody knew who E.T. was and the story of E.T. Uh, and Elliot. It's a, uh, a beautiful movie. I have not watched it recently. I see that that is also on Netflix. I'm interested to see how well uh, that holds up as well. Yeah. yeah. I would like to go back and watch that too. That's a good pick. I didn't yeah. even think of that. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a while. What uh, what an iconic movie. I mean, like the, the screen cap from the yeah. Riding the Bike Across the Moon. Yeah, what's the, is it Touchstone or one of these film studios? Amblin. Still, Amblin, yeah, they use that as their little logo. <clears throat> yeah, that's a classic. That's where Drew Barrymore got her start. Wow. Mm-hmm. Given what, Reese's Pieces? That's where Reese's yeah. Pieces got their breakout. <laughs> <laughs> they blew up. That's right. Uh, great choice. Good thing he wasn't allergic to peanuts, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if anybody was allergic to peanuts in 1980. Yeah, I don't think that existed then. <laughs> or uh, like, gluten was not yet yeah. discovered and Yeah. <laughs> so you think ET brought that to our planet? <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe he lured our immune systems and yeah. all that. It's not good. All this gluten-free mm. stuff. That's why we have to have proper immigration reform intergalactically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number three. That's what that guy was saying on that podcast back yeah. in Arrival. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my number three is Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. The best of the Star Wars franchise. Um, can't go wrong here. Darth Vader tells Luke he's his father. Um, yeah, you know it. You love it. Second yeah. Death Star is built. It's great. Nice. Well, my number two, I just give... The original trilogy to me is... I just really can't pick a favorite or a least favorite. They're they're a package deal for me. So, yeah. movie-wise, I guess maybe the first one is overall my favorite. But whatever. Original Star Wars trilogy is incredible. Yeah, you got the Empire Strikes Back. You got the Battle for Hoth or the Snow Level. <laughs> the Snow Level, yeah. <laughs> Uh, ATATs, ATSTs, pretty good, pretty good. What's your number two, Rob? You know, I abstained from picking any Star Wars because I don't know how you, you know you could have picked uh, just one. So I want to give an honorable mention to uh, you know all of the Star Wars original trilogy. But I decided to go with a movie that I feel like is very underrated, and a lot of people either haven't seen it or don't think it was that great. But I really love the movie. I think it was from two thousand and one. Uh, with Tom Cruise, Vanilla Sky, which I think is a very interesting movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil. There is, a, you know, it takes a turn at one point, but it's a very interesting story about uh, Tom Cruise's character. Have you guys seen it? I think I saw it when it first came out. I was probably yeah. too young. Yeah. Tom Cruise's character, he's sort of like this uh, playboy, and he has it all, and uh, he is uh, that he's with Cameron Diaz, and I think he ends up falling for Penelope Cruz, but I might have it backwards. Uh, and I think it's Cameron Diaz is the uh, is the other woman, and then she like takes the wheel of the car one day when he's like trying to break up with her, and then he ends up in like a horrific accident which leaves him disfigured uh and it's directed by cameron crow and there's uh some interesting uh sci-fi pieces uh in there as well so uh, i really uh like vanilla sky awesome yeah i like i said i don't really remember anything about it so i'll have to give it another look for sure and there's a lot of cool things when you watch it multiple times okay and joel have you seen it 
I haven't seen it, but everyone that likes sees this movie is like raves about it. Yeah, like you really have to see it. Yeah, we'll have to check. I it think out it's very it. underrated. Nobody ever talks about Vanilla Sky. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think my number two is pretty underrated too. A movie from I want to say two thousand seven, two thousand eight. It's a Sam Sam uh, Sam Rockwell and Kevin Spacey like duo. It's Moon. Directed by Duncan Jones, uh, it's kind of an ode to 2001: A Space Odyssey, where Kevin Spacey plays the computer, and Sam Rockwell is a guy on the moon who's like mining for whatever moon rock, I guess, <laughs> and uh, sending it back. It's like this super lonely job. He's on the moon, and there's a twist, and it's just really well made. Uh, Bob, what's with you and all these movies about computer voices? <laughs> I just love computer voices. That's apparently. Just, <laughs> just saying, man. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't met my wife yet. You can't con- connect with humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if it's, I think it's an underseen movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. Definitely check it out. It's uh, really, really great. Yeah, you've always talked about it. Yeah, I'm always that. trying to get people to watch this movie. What What is your number one, Joel? Best sci-fi movie of all time. For me, it's Alien. The original. The Alien. original Alien. I I personally like the second one a lot as well, but something about the first one. It's kind of got like horror aspects, and it's the right kind of like thrill where you only maybe see the alien for a split second or not at all. It's more like implied a lot of times, even though you do see the aliens plenty in the movie, but. Yeah, it's it's my number one as well, actually, obviously. Really? Yeah. I think it's... I like Aliens as well. It's really great, too, but that's more of an action movie. I like this horror take. Uh, it's more like dark hallways, and you don't know what's going on. I, I don't know. I just prefer that version, but both are very, very good. Yeah. James Cameron. Yeah. Or, no, yeah. James Cameron did the second one. Ridley I'm Scott. Sorry. Ridley Scott, yeah. And Rob, what is your best sci-fi movie of all time? You know, first of all, I just want to say that I'm I'm a little embarrassed. I've never seen any of the Alien or Aliens movies, and uh, I feel like that that's another blind spot for me. That my parents just they didn't let me watch anything <laughs> that was really scary when I was little. Yeah, the first one's definitely scary. The second one, not as much. But yeah, check them out sometime. I did see Spaceballs many many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that see that. that's not very scary. No, no. Um, <laughs> but my number one movie, uh, and I think that people uh, may, uh, may know that I've talked about this uh, quite a bit, Back to the Future, I'll have it as my number one sci-fi. And not a ton of sci-fi in uh, the Back to the Future, but I think it definitely qualifies uh, for this list. Uh, really, I think Back to the Future 1, in a lot of ways, is uh, a real perfect movie. There's not a lot of wasted energy. Uh, you know, I, I've watched the commentary. You know, uh, Robert Zemeckis uh, has talked about how, like, you know, the, the script really runs like clockwork. Uh, there's this, like, uh, you know, real ticking clock of when the bolt of lightning is coming. Everything just, like, propels itself forward. And, uh, you know, great performances by... Uh, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, uh, a true classic. I love Back to the Future Part Two as well. I don't really like the third one. Uh, too much time in the Old West, but uh, a, a true classic, Back to the Future. Yeah, 
Great choice. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. And I agree, That's third great. one, not very good. But I kind of <laughs> had a feeling this would show up on your list somewhere. See, yeah. I like the third one a lot more than most people, because I think it's the only one I owned when I was younger. Yeah. So. yeah, it's an honorable mention for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's a great choice. Uh, any honorable mentions? Um, for me, I have District 9. Okay. Uh, which I really liked. Speaking of, like, alien immigration problems. <laughs> but I, I think the special effects are amazing in that movie. Yeah, especially for a low budget. Yeah. And um, Inception. Yeah. Inception was one of mine. I had 2001, Space Odyssey, RoboCop, and uh, Wally oh, as well. I, I had Matrix, the Matrix as well, but yeah. we talked about it. Any honorable mentions yeah. for you, Rob? Um, I had uh, Ghostbusters, potentially, uh, was going to be on my list. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Star Wars films, I think, uh, definitely deserve a place. And uh, I really did uh, like uh, Rogue One. I don't know if it's uh, worthy of top five consideration, but I'm just adding that because yeah. uh, I have not seen a lot of movies uh, in, for adults in the last five years. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. I, we hey. reviewed that and we enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I guess before we go, was there anything that you've watched recently that you haven't covered on your podcast that you'd like to talk well, about? Well, I, I did uh, recently see the uh, Lego Batman movie, uh, and I did uh, do a podcast about that. But if any of your listeners haven't seen it, I thought that that was really, really fun. If you are even a casual Batman fan, I used to be a big fan of the Batman TV show that I used to watch uh, every day after school. Uh, that's a uh, really, really fun one. And I'm trying to think of anything else interesting that I watched uh, movie-wise, but uh, nothing nothing really coming to mind. You have, yeah. Any recommendations for me for other stuff to check out? Um, well, yeah, I guess we got some episodes coming up reviewing Manchester by the Sea, mm -hmm. Moonlight, just all the, you know, your typical uh, Oscar Yeah, pretty much stuff. the top ten movies from the year. Yeah, it's been a weak year. Otherwise, uh, Doctor Strange was actually surprisingly pretty good. Mm -hmm. It's kind of sci-fi esque. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I want to see this. So. Yeah, and I actually watched the Lego Movie this week as well. After listening to your podcast, you guys were raving about it so much. I had to go check it out. Did you like it, or I, did we lead you astray? No, I did like it. It's a very fun yeah. movie. I didn't think very it was fun. as good as the the first Lego Movie, but mm -hmm. certainly, I mean, great time to be had at the theater for sure. Yeah. And, uh, yes. <laughs> Actually, the first Lego movie was the first movie I ever took my daughter to go see. She was like two and a half years old. We made it an hour in and had to leave, but <laughs> uh, we got, ended up getting it on Blu-ray and watching a bunch at home. And uh, she liked this yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, I think that the uh, Red Box report is definitely more my son's speed than being yeah. at the movie theater. He was halfway through, like, uh, should we leave? No, <laughs> no we're not leaving. <laughs> Yeah, pay we should leave. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> now I can't even get my daughter to go to the movie theater. I had to bribe her to get with me to see Lego Batman. Man, it's but not I, good for movie theaters in the future. Uh -uh. No, it's all about kids' YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I thought it was it was hectic. It's a very busy movie, but a ton of fun, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you're you're watching Hunted. Oh, yeah. Watching The Hunted, a uh, very fun uh, CBS reality series, uh, which has been on here in the first uh, few weeks of the year. We just got through Celebrity Apprentice. Uh, and then Survivor is going to kick back off uh, March 8th. 
And then I think the week after that is going to be the premiere of uh, Big Brother Canada. So we're very busy with all the different reality shows happening right now. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be alive. (laughs) 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 And I've said before, like, your podcast is amazing, obviously, not to suck kneecaps. But even if you don't watch Survivor, think about Star watching it just to listen to the podcast. (laughs) Well, that's a big commitment. (laughs) Why don't we just start small and maybe check out Survivor and then see if you might be interested from there. Fair enough. enough. (laughs) It it might be confusing uh, without the source material. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Where can people find you? on the internet one more time sure uh rob is website.com is the uh main website for myself and i'm on twitter at rob sister you know uh joe sorry where can you be found you can find me on twitter uh my handle is Redbox reporter all right i'm on twitter at the oreo report the podcast itself is on twitter at the Redbox report we got some good episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks we have good friend of the show, Edgar Chaput, coming on to talk Manchester by the Sea. A little yeah, Oscar right. review, fall box office draft review. That should be fun. We're talking Moonlight coming up. And uh, our March movie, Madness, is coming up in a few weeks as well. So. Yeah. And plus, uh, video games. Yeah. And we're going to do a video game podcast next time. So if you're into that, stay tuned. But email the podcast, the red box support at yahoo.com. And uh, thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thank you guys for having me. Outside the dog's room, mesmerized by the humming fucker in. News spread throughout the town of insects arrival. People gathered in the church to pray to God and quote from the Bible. Men came with gasoline and torches are bright. I flitted flies covered the sky till it was dark as night. The cries were barely heard beneath the buzzing of the bees. Now the insects will soak it down on your knees. Now the insects will soak you down on your knees.